Hello, everyone. Welcome to UGA Sports Rumors versus Facts. I am Blaine Gilmer. That is Jed May, who has a I like the little tag under under the tag, man. UGA Sports. How did you do that? I don't even know how to do that. Oh, I was uh, I uh, I was on a, a podcast with some Ohio State guys the other day, and I had it on there. I didn't even know it would it would stay. That's cool. What, some, was it Jed teaching us teaching us some new stuff here? Was yeah, it targeted? Was it targeting? <laughs> yeah, were you, yeah, were you talking about Javon Bullard uh, knocking loose yeah. a kidney from Marvin Harrison over there? The whole thing was targeting. It was we was a hit at the beginning of the show, and then there was like a forty-five minute review, and then it was still targeting at the end. So, gotcha, gotcha. Well, Trent, how you doing this evening, man? Doing good. You sound a little under the weather. Yeah, y'all gonna have to put the team on your back, so to speak. Uh, I'm playing hurt right now. Got got the the, the pollen's killing me. But I tell you, speaking of speaking of killing me, killing it. Okay, on the on the trail with momentum and all that kind of stuff is our guest that's coming on tonight. None other than recently offered 2025 quarterback from Loosedale, Mississippi, Mr. Deuce Knight. Deuce, uh, thank you for thank you for joining us, man. We appreciate you coming on. Yes, sir. So, Jed, I believe you've already talked a little bit with Deuce. Go ahead, go ahead, man. What what do we got for Mr. Mr. Deuce here? Yeah, dude. So take us back. I think it was last week. You know, Mike Bobo comes out to watch you practice. He he's hanging out with your grandpa, talking about fishing, and then and then y'all uh, connect on the phone. He tells you uh, that you've got an offer. So take us. You know, when you when he you hear that from him that you've got an offer from the uh, the two time national champions. What what goes through your mind when you hear something like that? Uh, so what went through my mom my mind. Uh, I was just in the room. I was on the phone with my mom with my mom, and I was like. Dang, I hope Georgia off me today. Cause I was like, once you get that Georgia offer, you get a Georgia or Alabama offer, they kind of mean like you stamped in the recruiting world. It's like that really mean like you a big time prospect. Like once you get one of those offers, so like, uh, just like hearing that, like he say I got an offer from Georgia, he want me to come help them win some more national titles. It was just crazy. Uh. I was really excited. I told my friends, like, I was like, if I get this off, man, I might do a backflip uh, at the practice. So, I got it. I was just happy, like, the whole day. Or the whole we definitely night. see We definitely see you got the athleticism to do the backflip as your highlights are playing over here. I believe in just a minute you're going to take a take a power read to the house right here. You saw, saw those guys dart outside, and you just – flying up the middle so you know a lot of guys don't like the the moniker of dual threat or stuff like that how do you see yourself as a quarterback deuce are you a guy obviously you have plenty of success from the pocket you completed almost 62 percent of your passes this year almost uh, almost 2,000 yards um you know in a great touchdown to interception ratio but how do you kind of see yourself as a quarterback uh my coach he actually asked me that question about two weeks ago we were coming back for Ole Miss, and he was like, uh, a lot of sites got you ranked as, like, a dual threat, or they say you're a dual threat quarterback, then opposed to, like, a pro-style quarterback. But it, it really kind of doesn't matter to me. I'm just – I'm a football player. I just like to win games and score touchdowns. So, like, that, that stuff doesn't matter to me. Uh, but I, I just see myself as, like, I'm a passer. I'm a passer first. Like, that's what I want to do. But – I'm athletic enough to like, hey, I need to go run. I need to go get a first down. I need to go score. I just like scoring football. So, however, however I can. 
Absolutely. We got a YouTube question here. Uh, Thomas Thomas Doe is asking. He's asking, when is Deuce Knight visiting Georgia? He wants to know when uh, you're going to make it make it over. Uh, sometime early June, mid-June, but I know I'll be up there for sure. Absolutely. Trent, what you got for Deuce? <laughs> I know everybody, you know, especially quarterback, you kind of uh, model your game after somebody. Maybe it be NFL. Maybe it be the uh, college ranks. Is there anybody in particular you, you model your game after? Uh, so – um, my uh, my dad, me and my dad, we're big Panthers fans. So, like growing up, I just watched Cam Newton. So, like that's that's like my favorite quarterback to play. So, like kind of Cam Newton, you know. I'm trying to get big. I'm trying to get big like him. It's on the way. But like that's who just like watching his highlights. I probably I probably don't watch his highlights like his Auburn highlights at least thirty times. Uh, Jed, you can answer this one for uh, Deuce. <laughs> what part of the SIP is Loose telling? Because you just looked it up on the map before we were coming out. You said it's dang near down in Mexico. I hit a Wikipedia, so everything is true. But uh, Deuce, it looks like it's it's way down there, almost by Mobile, right? Yeah, sir. It's like I'm like 45 minutes from Mobile. So I want to ask you because when you, um, you know, when I talked to you that day, you, you said, you know, I'm from a small town. Coach Bobo's from a small town. We we connected over that. Just talk to us, I guess, one, about, about growing up in a small town, playing football, and then how you and Coach Bobo were able to uh, connect on that front when y'all met the other day. Uh, so growing up from a small town and then, like, playing football, especially, like, kind of being good at it, like, at what you do. Like, first off, it's just, like, everybody know each other. So, like, if I go to Walmart, I'm going to see somebody I know in Walmart. And then you know how you kind of be like, you kind of see somebody in Poe, but you don't want to speak right there. Like you you have to speak. So, uh, and then just me being good at football, like that means everybody know you. And then like, but it's kind of good growing up from a small town, just, just cause like, like I said, everybody knows each other. So I, I think that's an advantage of being just, you live so close to, uh, like your friends and stuff. So like you constantly playing outside. You don't have to like, say if I live in a big town or something, you don't have to like go 15 minutes to try to go play with your friends and stuff. Like everybody right here, they can just go to the park or something. And then me connecting with Coach Bobo, uh, it was just like, really, it was really uh, him talking about, uh, he was just riding through, through Roosdale trying to find some food and he stopped at McDonald's. And I was like, yeah, that's about all you can eat because we got McDonald's and we got Burger King and then Subway, and then that's probably probably it. So, Well, yeah, I have heard, just- and my, uh, I've actually, you know, firsthand, my, my brother, he used to go out to Old Miss's baseball camp every year, right, from in high school. He said they'd stop at some of these, like, places on the side of the road in Mississippi, like, ga- looks like a gas yeah, station, but it's got yeah, fried yeah. chicken in the bag. He says the best fried yeah. chicken you've ever had in your life. Yeah, if you stop at the gas station, they always have like good chicken tenders, good chicken, uh, some okra and stuff like that. So it's like good food, like at every gas station. Like if you go to a gas station, it's all gonna be good food. Alex Page on YouTube wants to know any of the schools in Mobile on your schedule. They're like Sarah Land, uh, who also has a big QB prospect as well. So do y'all play any schools from Mobile? Uh, no, sir. We don't play any Mobile schools, but uh, like. My year, my uh, was my. It, I was going in my freshman year. I think we might have played Sarah Land in the spring, man. But I wasn't. I wasn't in uh, high school yet. Mm-hmm. That was a spring game. We don't play them during the season. I got you, Trent. You got anything else? 
Yeah, I mean, living in Mississippi, they're, they're, you know, as a football recruit, you, a lot of Mississippi kids get overlooked. Um, you got it's kind of got Alabama, and then it goes Louisiana. Um, Mississippi kind of gets overlooked. Have you had to do anything extra for seven on seven or stuff just to get out there and get seen? I mean, your fi- film speaks for itself, but have you done anything extra to get out there and get seen? Uh, yes, sir. I I play seven on seven and stuff, but like the school where I come from in Mississippi. Uh, had guys like McKinley, and then he was speaking about MJ earlier. Then we had another receiver. I played with my freshman year, named Marquez Dorch. So it was like just those guys, the schools come to see those guys, and then uh, watching their games, and they'll just see me or something, or like another player. And then that's how MJ got real, like McKinley, big time D tackle prospect. And then people come to practice, come to watch their game, they're like, oh, who is that guy? So it's kind of like, just we all kind of feed off each other too. Did you say you recently visited Ole Miss? Uh, yes, sir. I was there a couple weeks ago, probably two or three weeks ago. What What'd you think about old Lane Kiffin? Uh, cool. He real chill, laid back guy. Like he's just real chill. So you probably won't get much out of him. <laughs> he's just real laid back, chill. He unless it's on unless it's on Twitter, Twitter, right? Yeah, he he kind of he real funny on Twitter. <laughs> He, go, he goes wild on Twitter. I got to ask yeah. you, man, about being a lefty, okay? Uh, you know, you go to a quarterback coach and all that kind of stuff, and typically it's hard for them because when it's a lefty or something, that they got to turn everything yeah, around yeah, and try to teach it opposite and stuff like that. And, like, have you have you always been a – oop, where'd he go? <laughs> I scared him off with a left-handed question. He might have got a call or something. There you are. Yeah, Deuce, you good? Call me again. Yes, sir, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> uh, have you always done everything left-handed, or you've got it always thrown, or have you like batted one way, thrown another, uh, and and you know what? What have you do right-handed and left-handed? Uh, no, sir. I'm like probably the only thing that I do right-handed is I cut like stuff like with scissors right-handed, but like. I've I've always been a left-handed guy. Uh, I do everything left-handed. My brother actually though, uh, I think when he played baseball, he used to pitch left-handed and bat right-handed. So, yeah, so it runs in runs in the family. The lefty. You, you don't uh, play any baseball. My uh my grandma she left-handed too. So, you, do you play any uh, baseball? Me? Yeah. Uh yes, sir. I played baseball until my eighth grade year, and I stopped playing. It was kind of like. Baseball is like you got to wait on everything. And I was the guy that just want to, like, go play. I I play outfield. I play center field. Uh, so, like, you got to wait for the ball to come to you. You got to wait till you get the pitch you like. And I got tired of, like, just waiting on everything. So, well, you, you, I, I see a lot of quarterbacks like, these yeah. days. That, a lot of quarterbacks these days are pitchers or, you know. Oh. And so, so I was, have you ever pitched? Yes, yeah, so I used to pitch. Um, I play – I pitch and I play center field and then, like, uh, my baseball coach, well, not my baseball coach, but the baseball coach at our school, he just keep he, – he always, like, begged me to come back. He was like, we got that number two for you. We got that pin strike number two for you. Like, nah, I coach, you to keep it. I'm going to stick with the football. Jed, what what else you got for Deuce here? Yeah, just – I mean, you're you, – well, what – do you have a favorite – um, you know, play or, or game from your career, whether it's running the ball, throwing the ball, you know, as, as this dual threat thing, do you have one, you know, favorite player moment that exemplifies uh, your game the most, would you uh, say? So probably my favorite play is um, 
Oh, so it was our first playoff game, uh, our playoff game our ninth grade year, and we got the ball first. So it's like literally the first snap of the game. I ran, I, I ran an eighty-yard touchdown on Power Reed, like uh, that play that was on my film. So that was a cool play, and then like just my favorite play to do, uh, just throw the comeback. It's called comeback left. The slot guy he just runs a a, a shallow. Then if it's man coverage, you just throw the comeback. And then if it's on, we'll come back. And we have like what is called a seam bender. Like, so if it's too high, he going to like bend it to a post. And if it's one high, he going to seam it. And then I just hit either one of them. So, but yeah. There you go. A little bit of inside the, inside the scheme right there. Yeah. Uh, appreciate, we appreciate that, dude. I got to ask you some, just some real quick ones here. Give us, uh, give us updated, you know, height, weight, forty time. What, what's, what's all that right now? So my height, I'm six four. Uh, I'm around. Uh, sometimes, like I go to schools. Uh, Mississippi State weighed me like two hundred. They weighed me like two hundred on the dot the other day. But then it's anywhere from one ninety five to two hundred. And then forty time, I run four five. Four five. That's picking them up and putting them down, especially yes, at the. Sir. The quarterback position for high, sure. High, high four or five. I, I hear you. Uh, is Deuce your real first name, or are you like the second? Like, what? What? Tell us the name. Yeah, so, so I'm the second. Uh, my name is Justin, like the second. So, just uh, my dad called me Deuce, and then that's just what everybody knows me by. Like my teachers, they all call me Deuce too. So, oh, that's cool. That's cool. Favorite, favorite food. Favorite food. Um, I like just fries or like reels or something. I wings, wings. I don't, that's my favorite food. I'm a convenience store. Uh, <laughs> I I get some sometimes, but uh, just really from anywhere. I just like wings. I got you. And the last one for me that I wanted to ask you in terms of Georgia and you know getting the offer and obviously they've had the success and all that kind of stuff and you're thinking about visits. But how much have you been able to? see the last two years of Georgia's run and kind of what do you think of, of the offensive style that, that Georgia has? Uh, so they run like two – I mean, back-to-back national championships, that's crazy. But I really just haven't – like sat there and just watched the offense play. You know, you always kind of hear about the defense and like that like, 2021 defense. Everybody got drafted from – that started, everybody got drafted Literally from the defense. So uh, that's – that's all I really watched. Uh, I did watch that Georgia and Tennessee game, but uh, I just that's what that's the whole point of me trying to get up there just so I can see like firsthand like how Coach Bobo how he coaches and stuff, and then see what they kind of do on offense and see how I just fit in everything. Absolutely. Well, you guys got anything else for Deuce before we let him let him go? What's the best in uh, Loosedale? The Subway, the McDonald's, or the Burger King? Out of the three. Uh, I eat Subway a lot. So, Subway. <laughs> He's keeping it fresh. That's the healthy answer. His coach is going to like that. His, his, yeah. his, his high school coach is going to like that. Well, Deuce, yeah, we appreciate you joining us. Uh, we'd love to hear from you once uh, once you take your visit to, to Athens. Listen, Georgia recruiting fans that are on here, uh, they, they're going to be relentless, man. They're going to want to know what Deuce Knight's up to. So uh, yes, we're going to we're gonna try to stay up with you. But appreciate you joining Rumors versus Facts this evening. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right, man. Have a good one, and uh, we'll uh, we'll catch you later. All right. All right. That was Deuce Knight, recently offered uh, from recently offered from uh, 
Loose Dell, Mississippi, he's over there. Guys, April 26th, he got the offer, and we went and studied his tape, as I'm sure you guys did as well. And I just saw that the the different arm angles he's able to utilize and the release that he has, especially for a lefty, um, you know, he's got a high arm slot. He's able to he's able to kind of layer it over defenses, makes good ball placement with his throws as well. And listen, for a sophomore quarterback to have 62%, you know, completion in his first year uh starting, I mean, that's that's pretty that's pretty nice deal there, Trent. Yeah. And um uh, you know, he's got a pretty smooth throwing motion. Uh, a lot of lefties, you see, he got that hitch, kind of that uh, Tim Tebow hitch, or uh, uh, a lot of lefty quarterbacks have that. He doesn't seem to, uh, you know, necessarily have that. Um, he's, he's, he's a good runner, but like you said, he, he's a lot of these dual threat guys now, um, they got all these seven on seven stuff. I mean, you got to be a good passer, you can't just be a, a runner um, to and go to the next level and play at a, a power of high school. So um, he, he looked. Uh, very good throwing the ball, and um, you know I was impressed. Um, yeah, for for a guy that doesn't get as much recognition as as other top quarterbacks in the country does, um, he, he he throws the ball well. Yeah, you talked to to Deuce, and you know did put an article out on him um, earlier today. Uh, had a post about him. What what was your kind of impression in talking to him about you know what he said about the the, the offer and and kind of his recruitment process so far. Yeah, well, and he he said kind of a different version of it when we had him on, but he's like a Georgia offer is that's the the gold standard in in college football right now. That's and and you see it too with like some of these kids that that'll put top fives out, and, and Georgia is in so many of these top five. Like y'all notice that it's it's kids that Georgia isn't that that hasn't necessarily been on our radars, but but Georgia is like the it team right now. Whether it's offers, whether it's top schools list, whatever. So um, it, it, it's noticed everywhere. He's like, yeah, I don't know too much about him. And then he says, it's the defense. And it's, I watched the Tennessee game. It's like, even if you feel like you don't know much about Georgia, you know more than you think just because Georgia's kind of been everywhere in college football over the past couple of years. So um, it's it's going to be interesting to see. Like you said, he, he wants, that's what he is. He's got a plan in place for this visit as far as what he wants to see, what he's hoping to learn with the offense and Bobo and, and everything like that. But as, but as he was telling me the other day, like he Bobo made a great impression on him. He was telling me that Bobo was, you know, comparing pictures of fish with, with, uh, with his granddad. So he made a good impression there. Like there's George. Dash would have loved that. Where was Dash? Dash loved like that. If there was ever a recruit, Dash was going to, co- Dash would cover it would, it would be this one. So, all right, Dash. Um, if you're watching, we got to hook you up with with Deuce Knight's grandfather. Yeah, yeah. So Jordan made a strong first impression. Um, obviously, he you know a number one dual threat quarterback in the country. This isn't like a you know he's popping to Georgia next week, but uh, they made a strong first impression for sure. Absolutely, um, guys. We we dropped a lot of news today. A lot of a war room. You had the conversation with with Deuce Knight. Had some notes on. Uh, Sammy Brown had some notes on a lot of, you know, targets that George is kind of gaining momentum with, including um, had had a, a little interview that I put out with Cam Michael, who is from Statesboro and an athlete, uh, a very, very gifted athlete that plays both sides of the ball down there in Statesboro. He's coming for an official visit 
uh, to Georgia May 19th through 21st, which is also, as we broke the news today, May 20th is the is when they're doing the scavenger hunt at, at Georgia. So with Cam Michael and Colton Heinrich now coming for official visits that weekend, and I'm sure multiple guys coming there for unofficial visits across, you know, the 20, 24, 25, and 26 classes for the scavenger hunt trend. That's setting up to be a huge weekend now. Yeah, you kind of hear about that first week of June and um, how how big that's going to be. Um, this one's going to be just as big, and uh, a lot of uh, – I mean, there will be some 24 guys there, but uh, a lot of talented underclassmen are going to be there. So um, that's going to be a big recruiting weekend, a big uh, chance for – for Georgia to to uh, start that momentum and keep that momentum going uh, throughout the first of June. Absolutely, Jed. Uh, any anything on that that weekend? I mean, Cam Michael specifically is a guy who Georgia has really seemed to, you know, they he's visited several times and they're kind of turning up the heat here. Yeah, Georgia's. I mean, he's had an offer for a long time. Georgia has been in on him for a long time, and he's. When you, know, when you look at this defensive back class, okay, Peyton Woodyard's a safety. We know that. Ellis Robinson's a corner. We know that. And then you've got, you know, DeMello Jones could be a safety star. Uh, Jalen Hayward, safety star type. Um, I think Cam Michael is another guy that he's, he will likely end up as a corner. So pair him with Ellis Robinson. Um And then you go, obviously, K.J. Bolden's still on the board as well. Charles Lester, George is going after – um, but yeah, that would be a good, um, uh, a pr- pretty good start there. Cause he's a guy, listen, like Kirby, he knows defensive backs, right? And if you're a defensive back that Kirby's going after, the chances are you can, uh, you can play. So, and, and Kirby loves a good South Georgia guy as well. So, uh, he's going to have to plug him out of Statesboro. It's going to be hard to keep him from Georgia Southern. Um, but, uh, yeah, Georgia is, they, like you said, Blaine, they're, they're kind of, turn up the heat a little bit it seems like and i know he, he i think he's gonna be back in the summer as well after the official so um you know cam michael is another guy that that um you know could be could can, could end up being a bulldog before the summer's over Trent, I, I reference on here all the time the advice that uh coach don and you know gave me a long time ago follow the visits and uh, cam michael he got offered by georgia in june of 2022 he came back september of 2022 Came back again for another game, November of 2022. He was back in March, on March 15th of this year. Now he's coming for his official visit May 19th through 21st. And then Jed saying he's coming back in the summer. It sounds like he's a guy to circle and a real, real bright, bright marker there. Yeah, and, and, and you know, guys like him are, are guys that the Georgia Tests can continue to evaluate throughout that, throughout those visits, throughout that time. Um, and uh, I mean, he's a guy that's that's remained uh, on their radar, on the staff's radar, and um, it, it seems like you said that they're putting uh, more heat uh, uh, on him and uh, to join the class, and, uh, and you know, with him keeping on uh, visiting Athens, it, it sounds like good news. Um, uh, between both parties absolutely so just to recap on that and and you heard it you heard it on uga sports uh or anybody else on colton heinreich uh that tied in out of fort lauderdale he'll be doing an official visit that weekend may 19th through 21st 
And then uh, we had the, the interview with Cam Michael about his upcoming official visit, May 19th through 21st, the scavenger hunt. We broke that news that it's going to be on May 20th. And then we also, this past Friday, we broke the news that today Mike Bobo would be going out to Arizona to evaluate uh, Dylan Raiola. Uh, and, you know, as far as Raiola goes, I think it's been quite clear that Georgia's had a ton of momentum there for a long time. Uh, he is very diligent in how he's going about, you know, this this process of, of making a firm decision in something because I think not only Dylan, but his parents felt that he kind of rushed into the Ohio State commitment. So they're, they're a very uh, faith-oriented family. They wanted to take their time to – you know, after the – Georgia was his last visit. It went very, very well. Um, and after that time, they kind of want to take time to, to fast and pray and, and, and do all the stuff that, that they felt was important to them about reflecting on that – not only that visit, but everything that's happened in his recruitment to see where he would go next. Uh, feels like there's a, there's a possibility that, hey, if, if that indeed is the place that he wants to be, that, you know, you – it's not – out of the realm of possibility, he may want to be uh, committed at some point before his official visit, maybe to recruit other guys. But it's not a guarantee that that anything pops before uh, that first weekend in in June uh, as well. So, guys, it just seems like though that everything uh, that that Georgia has done to this point, and specifically the the two the duo of Kirby Smart and Mike Bobo, have just kind of hit all the all the proper steps on this recruitment. Yeah, I mean it's it's gone about as smoothly as it can go when you consider there's an offensive coordinator change in the middle of this thing too. Um not that Mike Bobo was new to the staff or to this recruitment necessarily, but it just shows how strong the Georgia momentum is and has been that you can have a change like that and and nothing skips a beat in that recruitment. So um He's he's been the target. He was targeted last year, as as we all know, and, and Georgia was was in strong position at that point. Um, back back then, before before Iola ended up choosing Ohio State. So, um, like you said, there's no firm timeline. I mean, I you know, it's a month away basically um, from that from that official visit weekend. So, um, he I, I correct me if I'm wrong, Blaine. There's no other visits scheduled in May until until he, he's in Athens that first weekend. So. Um, he, like you said, he could be, I wouldn't be shocked either way. Is this how I'll say he, he could commit, you know, next week, week after whatever, before the official visit, or he could, you know, be back in Athens and, and let the month of June play out. I, I, I don't know. I know obviously quarterbacks are usually the guys that, that are the Pied Pipers of these classes, bringing guys with them, especially guys like a Dylan Raiola who's the number one guy in the class and every, whether it's Jeremiah Smith or Wingo or, Whoever say they're in, they, Raiola is a guy they know. So, um, no, all we know for sure right right now is that Georgia, you know, looks like the the front runner here. And Nebraska and USC aren't going to give up, nor should they. Um, but but I think, you know, Georgia looks like they're they're in really good uh, in a really good spot right now. Trent, you got anything? No, but but like Jed said, um, Georgia's. 
uh, Georgia's been prime and in a good position since uh, the decommitment to Ohio State. And um, you knew nothing was coming quick because um, because they felt like they rushed in the first one. Um, so they've taken this opportunity to, uh, you know, research, pray about it and, and do all the things uh, as a family that they need to get done because they want this next decision to be the last decision. And, um, you know, he's taking his time and um, when he, when he's ready, he's ready. But I do think Georgia's in a good position uh, to land that commitment. Absolutely. want to thank, uh, of course, our, our good buddies in here, Andy Stowe, Alex Page. They joined us live for the draft, uh, the draft live stream that we had with Tavares and Noshaw the other night. That was a lot of fun. Thomas is in here. Jeremy Barbary is in here from Philadelphia, he says, as uh, where he's tuning in from. Uh, nice. Uh, Randy Payne is in. So, uh, if you guys have anything in the in the YouTube chat, go ahead and drop those in there. We'll be getting to those, but we're going to go ahead without further ado. And that that topic we were talking about in Raola kind of leads up to this one. Jed, we got one from Big Fatty ninety four that I don't know that any of us are going <laughs> to be able to answer one hundred percent. Yeah, it's uh, who do y'all start on a level playing field? Uh, Juju Lewis, Dylan Raola, or Ryan Montgomery? It, it, that's a hard question to answer because if you looked at the last two or three years and you put them on a level playing field, I don't think Stetson Bennett wins that just from a just from a pure quarterback position. Um, he won it because of his knowledge of the offense, uh, the way he operates upstairs. Um, so I think that uh, that plays a big role in it. But um, from from a talent standpoint, I, I, I don't know how to rank those guys. Um, I think Juju and Raul are probably a little bit ahead of Montgomery, but that's no slide on Montgomery. I think Montgomery is very good. Um, but um, I would say uh, the first two um, probably have that brand. The, the thing about Ryan Montgomery that, that stands out to me about him is he is such a gifted basketball player as well. He's he's very, very good, and the, and the athleticism – he has that translates both sports. He and he has that kind of, uh, he's kind of a point forward almost in basketball. Plays some guard, but he's also big enough to to get down into the post a little bit. Some too. So when you watch him play, he's kind of that that uh, court generally sees the floor real well. So I think that bodes well for him as a quarterback, a guy who's able to see the floor real well in basketball. So, um, you know, but Juju and Raul are totally two different type of quarterbacks, and it'd be a whole nother show to kind of compare all that, but. Um, just kind of hard to compare all three of their games. Three extremely talented guys, and you see Georgia's just continually going after talented guys. They already have Puglisi committed. We just talked to Deuce Knight in the 2025 class, who's also in the same class as Ryan Montgomery. A little note on Ryan Montgomery. Uh, we broke the news today on UGA Sports as well. Mike Bobo's going down or going up to Finley, Ohio, to evaluate him on May 17th. So, Got that from UGA Sports as well. You guys need to be a part of the event. Uh, OEJ's got something for us, Jed. Yeah, just how good is Dylan Raiola? Is he a can't-miss prospect at quarterback? How is he compared to uh, Trevor Lawrence and Deshaun Watson at the same, same stage? I think, just like we mentioned with the last one, Trent, Raiola is so different than both those guys because he's he's so much bigger than both those guys right now as a, as a high school guy because – even Deshaun Watson was even to this date. I think Deshaun Watson struggles with keeping weight on. You know, he's a, he's a more of a slender type. Now he's bulked up more, and so is so is Trevor Trevor Lawrence. You can do that when you make millions and 
millions and millions and are able to afford a, uh, you know, a personal trainer and a chef and all that kind of stuff. But Raola is already kind of looks like an NFL quarterback with his, with his physique. Yeah. And it's also hard. Cause I mean, I was watching Deshaun Watson when he was in seventh grade. Um, so yeah. I, I watched him grow, grow throughout uh, at, at the quarterback position for five years. I was watching Trevor Lawrence when he was, uh, in the eighth grade, coming up to ninth grade, um, we've only had the opportunity to, to kind of uh, watch Raul for the last year and a half. Um, so it's a little different have, being able to cover these guys and see them, um, you know, numerous times per year. But I, I do think Raul is very good. Um, I, I think Trevor Lawrence was one, uh, you know, he was known as the, I think both of those guys were known as generational quarterbacks, um, Deshaun and Trevor. I think Raul, um, from a, just from a talent standpoint is right up right up there with those guys um how it you know relates or how it goes into college and and how that um happen, is it, we'll see what happens there but i think rawa is, is very talented in his uh in his own and um you know he could he could make an impact just as those those guys did alex page also points out you you factor in genes with rawa too yeah he comes from nfl pedigree and it's also the fact that people have to realize his dad played center in the NFL for what, 12, 13 years, some, something along those lines, uh, definitely double digit years. And as a center in the NFL, he's probably forgotten more football than we'll ever, ever know in terms of protections and in terms of what defenses are trying to do to you and having to handle all that at the line of scrimmage. And definitely that has been imparted into Raola. Whereas I'm not saying Deshaun Watson and, and Trevor Lawrence weren't, you know, readily prepared for college football because obviously they were, but they did both play in more spread type systems and things like that. Dylan has played in spread type systems, but Dylan has also been under the tutelage of a, you know, double digit year NFL veteran at center and his dad from, you know, since he was a knee, knee high, you know, talk, talking about playing football and all that kind of stuff. And then, you add on top of it, he's actually training with the same guy that trains Patrick Mahomes. And Mahomes' trainer uh, got in touch with with the the people around Dylan and was just effusive in praise uh, after his you know training session with with uh, with his with his trainer said he's one of the more talented guys he's ever ever trained. So uh we'll we'll see you know I, I don't know that you can ever say anything's can't miss in this world because only the good lord knows what's going to happen in in the future uh but he's certainly got a extremely extremely high floor we'll we'll, we'll go go with that uh the it's not going to be it's not going to be hard to add add to what he brings to the table especially physically six foot two maybe six three 225 pounds and is running a high four seven low four eight forty i mean that is that is athleticism and strength and, and movement all right there together. So it's uh, it it's going to be interesting to see. Andy Stowe asks, uh, when do you think the next commitment will happen? The scavenger hunt, the big June weekend, uh, guys. If you had to put some money down on it, you know, obviously without saying a a name or anything, uh, when do you think uh, the next commitment for Georgia in the class of twenty twenty four happens? I mean, I think it could be that scavenger hunt weekend. I mean, especially as it's as it's shaping up, because you know you get guys on official. But correct me if I'm wrong. I don't remember guys taking official visits scavenger hunt weekend last year. I could just be not remembering, but 
Um, you know, that's a weekend where, you know, in the past it, it shows off a bunch of different aspects of the program, I guess, where it's, you, you see the coaches in a different environment, you get to learn a little bit more about the school. So, um, you know, it, it could be that, that somebody pops in, or it could be, you know, someone we, we don't, I mean, we were talking earlier that, that Dylan Raiola could, it could be this month. So whether that would be before or after the scavenger hunt could be. So um, I don't think there's anything really, you know, set maybe, but I definitely, you think you could look at that scavenger hunt weekend and think something could pop, you know, that Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, maybe uh, after that. Yeah, yeah, I think you could even see uh, not happen on either one of those particular weekends, but just randomly happening here in the over the next month or so. Um, you know, there's there's a there's a few names out there that are either close or might be uh, uh, you know silently committed, as we say. But uh, you know, we we, um, we continue to monitor those guys and uh, and you know try to get. Uh, you know something firm so we have the details uh for y'all when when it when it goes down but um you, you could see something happen uh, over the next you know three weeks or so uh not being those particular weekends I, I think you know you could see some good news on those weekends for sure but uh but there is a couple guys that that you know might not be those weekends might just be um randomly one tuesday night at 11 o'clock so yeah and i say anywhere in the next I don't know, anywhere in the next eight to or seven to 21 days, I think that you could see mul multiple. Uh, you could see definitely one, maybe, maybe two. If, 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 if Georgia really got on a roll, it was pushing somebody to say, Hey, go ahead and come public with it now. It could be three, but I think you could see for sure one more likely two in that, in that time period. And then in June, uh, it could be, you know, Katie bar the door. We'll see, see what happens. Yeah, there. I think I think if a, a couple of those do big dominoes fall, uh, you'll start seeing a lot of dominoes fall um, in the next couple of months. And we talked about, you know, the the Raula effect. If that were to happen, uh, Jen, and I'm going to skip to this because we don't have um, we don't have as many questions on, on this part. But I think offensive line is something you've got to look at because, you know. Offensive line, they they want to go they want to go block for great backs and great quarterbacks and, and and things like that. And there's some guys that Emily Raul has been in touch with, like like Brandon Baker. Um, and then you know, so if that were to happen, I think you could see him. You, you got big Marquez easily out there. You got uh, Westfall that George is in his top five. So the offensive line class, Malachi Tolliver's in there, but it's far from set Jeb, because he told us that Kirby told him he wanted to take five in this class if he could. Yeah. And you know, another guy, Deandre Carter from modern day out there is, is a West, you know, Arizona is obviously not the West coast, but a guy from out there that Ryle is probably uh, familiar with. But yeah, I mean, if, if you're Daniel Calhoun say, and you've got, you know, Dylan Raiola jumps on board say in a couple weeks and then you're Daniel Calhoun is going to be taking his official Georgia that first weekend of June when Raiola is there. That, that's a pretty strong case when you've got the number one player in the country there saying, hey, dude, I need you to come block for me. Because you know you know, if and when uh, Raiola jumps on board, Kirby Smart is going to you know, pass him a scroll and say, hey, dude, these are our top targets. Go after these guys, whether it's Calhoun, whether it would be you know, Ryan Wingo we talked to last week. He's got good relationships with K.J. Bolden. I think 
when we had Raiola on Blaine, he said he talks to KJ Bolden a little bit. Um, you know, Sammy Brown, he's talked to. So all these guys, uh, Kirby Smart is going to be. Um, Maybe these two guys that, that uh, Redo Fly is asking about, exactly. Dylan Stewart, exactly. Justin Scott, and you, and 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 like you said, when we've we've had a I I mean, guys we've talked to on an offensive line, multiple guys have said Stacy Searles has expressed that this is a pivotal offensive line class in terms of shaping the program going forward. And when we've kind of alluded to that ourselves, just kind of reading the tea leaves and saying, okay, this is a class Georgia really needs to hit, 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 hit on some guys on. But, um, you know, that's, that mindset is certainly uh, prevalent in, in, uh, in the Budsmere facility as well. So like you said, there's a lot out there. Malachi Tolliver is a good player or else Georgia wouldn't have taken him. But um, there's a lot out there between Calhoun, Baker, Westfall, um, you know, there's there's guys like Walt Flynn out there who could have the heat turned up on him. And there's a lot of work still to do on that offensive line front, and a quarterback like Dylan Raiola in the fold would uh, certainly help out for sure. You also have in your back pocket the fact that you just put a left tackle in the first round of the draft, mm-hmm. so um, and that helps as well um, with these with these big tackles. And 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 Georgia's been able to put some offensive linemen in the uh, the, the draft the last couple of years and. Um, they're, they're starting to grow different, you know, positions. Um, you know, they had Pickens go. Uh, they've had the running backs go. They have offense line go. Of course, they had Darnell go. And you're looking at Brock going next year. Um, you know, the, of course, defensive back, linebacker, uh, defensive line has been huge. So that they're they're starting to hit the map on, on all the positions now. And, uh, you know, you got that in your back pocket going into big recruiting weekends. Yeah, a little prediction on that. You know, Georgia obviously has been, you know, setting the records at a record clip with getting guys drafted, but a lot of that's been defensive. I think Georgia's about to go on a real run uh, offensively. I mean, I think it's not realistic. It's not unrealistic that you could see four, four dogs drafted in the first round next year. Um, so, I mean, it's it, especially depending on what Carson Beck's year looks like with all those weapons and, and things like that and how much people love quarterbacks. And there's always quarterbacks that come out of nowhere. I mean, nobody thought going into this year that, Anthony Richardson would be the number four pick, uh, right? But, you know, things happen. Uh, we talked about offensive line. I think our Hall 55 may have been like an offensive line coach at one point in his life. He's always asked us about O-line, Jed. So, what what's our Hall 55 got? Yeah, did Nikolai Brooks, the offensive lineman from Buford, commit today? And then by the end of June, how many commits will the dogs have? He didn't commit uh, to Buford, but I think he I think he announced that he's moving back to Cedar Rapids, right? Uh, yeah, he, so. he had a top ten that was like really. I mean, I don't want to say it's strange because I don't know the kids recruiting cross process, but but um, kind of a, a little bit of an eclectic group of schools. Georgia wasn't in it, um, which I was a little surprised by honestly at the time, just because Georgia was one of the first schools to get in on him and recruit him. I'm not saying Georgia would have been the leader, but a top 10 isn't exactly, you know, trimming it down a whole lot. Um, but yeah, like you said, Blaine is originally from Iowa, moved to Georgia to um, actually live with former NFL running back and slash trainer, Brandon Jacobs, um, who, whose son is a very talented offensive lineman in his own right. And now, like you said, Nikolai is, is uh, moving back to Iowa. So um, I mean, I'm sure Georgia's still. I mean, it's a 2025 kid, so even if he committed today, it's it's not like that recruitment's over. But um, you know, I know he had Iowa and Iowa State in his top ten, so I I think the pull of home might be pretty strong there. So 
especially um, moving back to live with his mom exactly. in Cedar Rapids. Yeah, I, I would I would think he would likely end up staying somewhere closer to um, closer ish to home at, at that cramp. But but what you never know. It's it's nothing's impossible. But um, to answer the question, no, didn't commit today. Um, but if he had it, it wouldn't have been to Georgia. So. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Trent, we we have one here from PA Dog Six Ten. Break down Sammy Brown's recruitment. What's most important to him in a school? So go ahead and tell. Break down Sammy Brown's recruitment for everybody. Well, it's been Georgia, then it was Clemson, then it was Georgia, then it was Clemson, then it was Georgia. Then it, we can go on. But uh, I think most important thing is to him is just relationships. Um, you know, you. you uh, you would seem if he if it was about playing time, you seem like um, Clemson might have the edge because of what Georgia's brought in over the past couple of years. But Georgia seems to always be, uh, you know, one leg up or you know, right there dead even uh, with Clemson or a little slightly ahead. Um, I think the relationship with Glenn Schumann is, is a huge factor um, there, and um, you know, I, 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 you know, Georgia's been in a good situation. Uh, you've heard a lot of pro Clemson stuff. Um, I think there has been a relationship building over the years with Clemson, but it's always been Georgia and Clemson and, you know, everybody else is kind of chasing. I know Oklahoma and a few other schools are in there, but um, I think it's Georgia Clemson. And I think relationships are playing the the biggest factor here. And I think he has the best relationship with Glenn Schumann. Yeah. And uh, he, t- I actually talked to him today. I'm going to have a, I'm going to have a piece out on him tomorrow. Excuse me on UGA sports.com. Uh, he told me that he, text with Dylan Raiola at least once a week every week and they're they're they've been talking to him kind of become you know good buddies not just about recruiting but sometimes it is about kind of the brass tacks of recruiting but a lot of times it's just about you know high high school and life and all that kind of stuff and he said he's also you know very friendly with KJ Bolden been on several visits with him and things like that knows him well uh also um a guy like uh a guy like Daniel Calhoun he's familiar with. So the, all these guys, they're, they're, they've, they've gotten to know each other and things like that. So there is, if, if again, if some of these dominoes start to fall, there's, there's a draw effect that, that if could cause ripples across the entire class at multiple positions. And also with Sammy, I asked him, you know, what is most attractive about Georgia? Like there's, you've been there so many times, you know, the coaches so well. And he said that just the fact that they line up and go nose to nose each and every practice, good on good physical football. He he said that that is what he loves and how he wants to practice. And, you know, said that's, that's very attractive to him in a program also was, you know, he's kind of blown away by the disparity in the amount of NFL talent that Georgia has put out over other programs uh, here recently. So definitely think that, you know, Georgia's got some newfound momentum there in this one. And, hey, he's on that official visit, Jed, June 2nd through 4th. So, and he's going to be there with some committed guys, as you've already stated. Yeah, and it's it's Georgia and Clemson. Um I think I mentioned this before. Clemson has all their top guys in on on official visit on an official visit the same weekend. So, um, other schools, I mean, like Ohio State, is in there. Sort of Oklahoma, like you mentioned, Trent. Um, but yeah, it's a Georgia Clemson battle, and it's it's um, 
at, and, Blaine, and Blaine, you mentioned this uh, in your post about it today. As soon as official visits are over, this this recruitment's going to wrap up pretty quick. Because you mentioned he's a guy who he's over it. I've 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 uh, picked up this vibe from him in the in the um you know in speaking with him as well. He's not a guy that loves the the fanfare and and the drama of the of the recruiting process by any means. I think he'd be a guy that would be, and you would kind of talk about the, the public voices of a class. I think Sammy Brown is a guy that a lot of guys respect. And I think he's a guy who would be instrumental to a class, whether it's Georgia, Clemson, wherever of, of doing work behind the scenes and trying to pull guys in. So um, he's, he's a more low key kind of guy. He's, he's from, uh, commerce in in Georgia, and he's he likes fishing. He likes just hanging out. So, and and he's got great hair, as we all know. So, um, yeah. it's, it's going to be wrapped up for senior season, maybe in probably in July, if I had to guess, or early August. Um, but but yeah, it's it's looking like a Georgia Clemson battle right now. Absolutely. Uh, before we go, I wanted to share this. Talk to a prospect in the class of twenty twenty four today that is committed actually to Alabama. Uh, his name's Jalen Mbakwe. Uh, he's from Pinson, Alabama, uh, at, at Clay Chalk, Chalkville over there. Georgia actually sent some staff over there today to evaluate him, um, and they've really been trying to work on flipping him since January. Uh, he's a he's a corner, uh, you know, in, in the class, and uh, he he's been committed to Alabama as you see there since the middle of, middle of last year. But the interesting fact is he is cousins with Roderick Robinson. And Roderick Robinson is uh, working very hard to try to bring his cousin into the fold there in Jalen Mbakwe. I do think you'll see Jalen make a visit, an unofficial visit, over to Athens. It'll be interesting if a official visit takes place. But Georgia definitely trying to poach one of Alabama's defensive backs there, Trent. I mean, everybody's cousins. <laughs> you got cousins out in California. That you, I mean, that, that's wild. But yeah, well, he's Roderick's family. Remember, he's got family in Georgia and South Carolina. So yeah, yeah. But uh, I mean, that's definitely interesting. That's um, uh, so Georgia, Georgia definitely has an end there. Um, you know, him being committed to Alabama and being a Alabama, uh, you know, state of Alabama kid, uh, oftentimes. You see those, uh, you know, Georgia will come in and, and try to flip them, but they're unsuccessful because of the ties to Alabama. But having that tie, uh, you know, having family uh, on already on Georgia's football roster, uh, that's definitely a uh, that's definitely an end for them. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, guys, we we covered a ton of ground. There's so many guys that we didn't even really get to touch on. I would just roughly say right now, and Trent. You know, Jed, y'all correct me if I'm wrong, but I would say in terms of just irons in the fire, guys that that, that Georgia in the class of 2024 is keeping tabs with and building relationships with of some semblance, you're probably at, you know, 35, 40 guys there, but you cut that down to about 20 of those guys that they're really, really prioritizing on top of what they already have committed. And then in that inside of that group, probably seven or eight that are like, we got to have them. Uh, so I think that's kind of where you're at right now in the recruitment stage. Yeah, I think from a comfort level of where, where the staff feels with prospects, I think, uh, you know, you, you look, you look at Georgia's commitments and you, you, you see a lot of room, but uh, with, with the, the guys that they're com uh, comfortable with at this time, 
spots are very tight in this class. Um, so um, it, it, we're talking about um, guys earlier that, uh, you know, that, that could be jumping on board or might be jumping on board. But it, uh, I, I think Georgia's uh, – if you're if one of those guys, you're going to have to jump on board because I do think spots are very tight and they're going to get very tight quickly in this class. Jen? Yeah, I mean, and I think a lot of the – you know, I, th I think some of the positions that are open are at like a few positions like, OK, there's, you know, three to four offensive line spots left. You got the, the five technique spots that are open, the outside linebacker spots that are open. Maybe uh, a, run a couple running back positions. Yeah. Another inside linebacker spot. In interior defensive line. You want to add one or two more, um, which is where, you know, the Justin Scott's of the world come in. So, um yeah, like you said, Trent, it's it looks like there's a lot, but there's really not as much room necessarily as as it might look like. So uh, maybe two more wide receivers, another tight end. <laughs> yeah, at least one. Yeah, at least one, maybe two tight ends. So it's there's a lot of kind of as as they say, it's fluid, right? So um, it's it's something to watch. But um, but yeah, definitely, there's it's starting to get to that point where. Like you said, Trent, the 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 circle is getting like smaller and smaller as as far as um, you know guys that are really coming into focus as as realistic guys that Georgia wants and that that want to be at Georgia. Well, guys, we've covered a lot of ground. Uh, appreciate you tuning in. Make sure to hit that thumbs up button. Uh, it helps us out a lot. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. Make sure you remember over at UGASports.com the month of May. Things are getting heated up outside, heated up on the recruiting trail. So you need to be on with us here at UGA Sports. For Trent Smallwood and Jed May, I am Blaine Gilmer. We'll catch you guys next Monday night live at 8.30. Catch, out, uh, catch Coach Donnan and Roddy and Dane and everybody tomorrow, and uh, we'll, we'll catch you then. See you guys later.